RPC Radio. Radio. Hello, you're listening to Insurance Covered. Welcome to the podcast that covers anything and everything to do with insurance. Coming up in this episode. We collect over 700 million data points a week. And so we really have data that no one else has. And this is part of uh, what makes parametrics so special. My name is Peter Mansfield. I'm a partner in the law firm RPC. And in each episode, I'm joined by a guest and we discuss an aspect of the wonderful world of insurance. And this week we have Netta Rosie, and we're going to discuss how one goes about creating a totally new class of insurance. Netta was born and raised in the US, but after her school years, she moved to Israel to enlist as a lone soldier in the Israel Defense Forces. In 2015, she moved back to the US, to San Francisco, where she was a systems software engineer for Datastax. Then in 2019, she co-founded Parametrics, where she is currently the chief technical officer. Parametrics then created a brand new insurance product. And that story, from initial conception through to the eventual creation of the product, is what we're going to discuss today. So, Nessa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Very happy to be here. And um, I, I normally ask my guests how they ended up in insurance. However, given that the, the whole point of this episode is uh, how you ended up in insurance, I, I'll ask you instead, uh, when did you decide that you wanted to be an entrepreneur, or you know, I don't know how these things work. Perhaps it's better to say, when did you realize that you were an entrepreneur? <laughs> right, yeah, I think the second way you said it was uh, the way that I resonate with more. I think it's just something that you kind of always are. Um, and it's it, what I see it's in the way you do things and in the way uh, you try to innovate in almost everything you do. And then at some point, that turns into a company as well. And uh, before we start on the the, the specific story of of parametrics, um, we need some idea of of where we're headed. So could you tell us kind of very briefly uh, at a high level about parametrics and and what it insures? Um, According to your website, it is described as, as, as downtime insurance. But what do you mean by that? Right. Uh, Well, that's exactly it. So we've created downtime insurance. And what that means is when the cloud or cloud applications go down, that's a risk that enterprises can now financially protect themselves against. And most enterprises today rely heavily on the cloud and it's their either second or third largest expense. And the size of that risk is only growing. Brilliant. And could you give us a a particular example of, of where this insurance may be relevant? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we could take the example of the December 7th AWS outage where AWS went down for a long period of time and any company sitting on uh, the region that happened to have downtime, which was their North Virginia, uh, US East one region, any company sitting on that region experienced an outage and they were down. Uh, for the entire duration of the outage and had to take that financial loss on themselves, uh, apart from the customers that are our customers and were insured, where uh, then they were later able to get compensation for that outage. Brilliant. So, so Parametrics is, in essence, an insurance product created for 
uh, the problems generated by a, a completely new technology. And I apologize that I am a, a, a tech idiot, but could, could, could you talk us through that, that, that new technology? Um, so you know, we obviously use phrases like the cloud, and I know that there are things like um, IAAS, so IAS and PAAS, PASS and SAAS, but I have genuinely no idea what any of those mean. So um, IAS is infrastructure as a service, PASS is platform as a service, and SAS is software as a service. And um, you may not know the terms, but you know essentially what all of these are because you use them in your day-to-day. You're using technology that is based on these platforms, infrastructures, and software, and any company relying on the cloud uses those as well. And so essentially what the cloud means is if up until the cloud was uh, created, uh, you had to have your own servers or your own server room and your compute power was powered by the number of machines you could buy and store in your office and the amount of support that they had from your IT team. Today, what the cloud is, is they're data centers that are spread physically around the world and they're accessible remotely through subscription, a monthly subscription. And uh, you don't have to deal with any of the upkeep of having a, a server room. So it's essentially a computer, which is what a server is, but it's just someone else's computer and it's uh, stored in data centers around the world, and you pay a subscription to use it. So, so what's the difference between IaaS, SaaS? So we're recording through Zoom at the moment, and as it happens, I'm recording to my computer. But if I was recording to the cloud, would that be a platform as a service, or which one would it be? So Zoom is a SaaS, so you're getting software. You're getting the video chat software as a service. Platforms could be uh, any sort of platform. You know, it can be a, an e-commerce platform uh, like Shopify, for for example. Um, you know, even like e-stores like Amazon.com. Uh, so those would be platforms or or marketplaces, for example. And uh, IaaS infrastructure as a service are, for example, the cloud providers. So those data centers and those servers that you're able to remotely access. Brilliant. That is. Very helpful. I, I now understand. I read Wikipedia on it and it didn't help, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy I was able to help. <laughs> um, now, I, the Parametrics, as I understand it, was uh, founded by yourself and three others. Which of you was the first to realise that there was a problem with downtime for these cloud services? <laughs> well, that's a, a great question. Actually, one that we get all the time, because one of the things that I think is said the most about what Parametrics is doing is that's such a great idea. How has this not been created before? Or how have I not thought about that before? And I think between the founders, we all had experienced downtime before in previous companies that we had worked in. And only when we started investigating the insurance industry did we truly find a, a solution for downtime that we hadn't seen that that was created before. And uh, all the solutions that we had seen that existed were technological solutions, which are also greatly needed. 
but there was no financial solution for the inevitable downtime that happens at any company. And we were all uh, experiencing or had experienced downtime in, in the companies that we worked at previously. And um, so how was that link made to insurance? Did any of you have prior experience with, with insurance? And so was there a catalyst that suddenly made you think insurance is the answer to this? So, uh, yeah, it just made sense for us because we were looking for covering the cost of outages for companies. And really the way to cover that is by transferring that risk out to someone that can cover it for you. And that's the insurance industry, essentially. And really what we started from was uh, we realized that the reason that this didn't exist before was there wasn't the right data and information in the same place that would really make this a viable product. And when we realized it didn't exist, we set out to develop it ourselves. Uh, And so we started by designing a monitoring system that would be able to measure and collect the data that we need. Uh, And then our first hire was from the insurance industry because we actually weren't from that field. And so we had a lot of technological solutions, but we also needed the industry know-how. So I think think insurance was actually pretty straightforward for us. Uh, It was just a matter of, of learning the industry and kind of surrounding ourselves with industry experts. And you've already touched upon this, but why wasn't there a product for this already? I mean, business interruption is a very standard insurance product. Um, And you would have thought that someone, one of the main insurers would have said, downtime is obviously another form of business interruption that we can provide cover for. I mean, you mentioned that there was a lack of data. Is, 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 that, is that the answer or, or is there more to it than that? It's, it's absolutely that. It's a, it's a risk that was never quantified and it's a risk that you couldn't quantify it because you didn't have the data for it. And what we did is we built a monitoring system that monitors all of these clouds in real time And we're actually able to give you a status of every one of these data centers that the cloud has and how it's performing at any given moment. And all of that monitoring is then translated into data and we collect over 700 million data points a week. And so we really have data that no one else has. And this is part of what makes Parametrics so special is that not only have we innovated in how we look to create a new insurance product, but also at the tools and the technology that we're able to bring to the table. I mean, that's amazing. Um, I, and I'm not asking you to give away any state secrets here, but how do you do that? <laughs> how, do you, <laughs> how do you create these many millions of data points? I mean, uh, yes. How do you basically keep an eye on all these cloud providers? <laughs> that's a that's a great idea, and uh, uh, I can't reveal all of our secrets, but I can say that we're continuously monitoring all of the data centers uh, that the cloud has, and and collecting data about this as we go. It's essentially having a point of presence everywhere in the cloud, where that point of presence is reporting back to you how the cloud is performing. Okay, so so the, the, where we've got to in the story so far is uh, we have got to a situation where you realize there's a problem. Um, you realize there's a problem that creates financial loss 
And therefore, it's a problem which can be resolved through insurance. Um, but none of you have insurance expertise. So where do you go from there? You, you say you brought your, your first hire with someone with insurance expertise, but 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 how did you develop the concept, the, the idea, into a workable insurance product? Hmm. Um, a, a lot of hard work, um, and I think that's really where uh, where where the magic happened and is happening. And and you asked early on in the conversation what makes an entrepreneur. And, and I think a lot of a lot of it is that is being able to work in relatively challenging circumstances, you know, knowing that you're able to develop a, a certain type of technology and to use that to your benefit, learning about a new industry that you're entering and and truly getting to know the industry from the inside out. And also just knowing the right people, having, you know, us being able to hire insurance experts very early on was really one of our keys to success. And um, did you seek any third party help? I, I know, for example, that you went on the Lloyd's lab, didn't you? When was that? A couple of years ago? Uh, yeah, we did go through the Lloyd's lab and it was a great experience for us. Um, you know, the Lloyd's lab up until today, we're actually in touch with the Lloyd's lab and we just saw them last month as well. So uh, it was a great experience for us. Uh, we got great connections from there, and uh, definitely recommended for anyone that you know is uh, is, is starting an insure tech startup. I think that's a great place to start. And, and, and uh, I'm not sure uh, at what stage in, in your development process you you were at when you went to the Lloyd's Lab. Was it uh, was it a process which enabled you to uh, finesse a product that you already had and and sort of perfect it, or was it already perfected and it was effectively a, a sort of a semi-marketing process i mean how did you use lloyd's labs i know different people use it in different ways right i think when we joined the lloyd's lab we had already had uh, a pretty good chunk of our technology and uh, so we we did have a lot to bring to the table um and i think what we did finesse though with the lloyd's lab was the insurance side. So, um, you know, I, I, I do think you have to have something to bring to the table when you join the Lloyd's Lab, because otherwise you're no different than anyone else applying. But bring something that is your area of expertise. So for us, it was technology. And, uh, and, and really, the Lloyd's Lab kind of helped us fill the uh, insurance side as well. And in terms of the, I mean, presumably there is a policy with a, a, a policy wording. Was it clear to you from the outset um, how the, the insurance product should look? Um, or presumably it was, yeah, as you say, you worked very hard, but is, is it a to and fro process where you, 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 you keep kept on developing the wording until you think, yeah, that was right. The exclusions are right now, but what we cover is right now. I mean, how did you go about the process of getting the wording right? So, so the wording is definitely something that, that is key. I think what we worked really hard on was getting the content of the wording right and the insurance product right in the wording. And then, uh, you know, we were able to use uh, some experts in the field, you know, to, to get the actual words down accurately. But the content in the insurance product was something that, that, we had to get right before setting out to get the policy wording. So 
talk me through what the, the end result was, what, what the product is now. Um, given the name of the company, Parametrics, um, I'm assuming it's, it's, it's a parametric policy. Um, so what is yes. it that... that How would you what, guess? I, I, I don't know. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, what is it that triggers the policy and what, what is it that triggers the payment? It is a parametric policy and it's actually the first to be taken into the tech world. So uh, generally you see parametric policies around weather-related insurance products and, uh, and, and we really liked the model and we thought it translated really well into the cloud world. Uh, so yes, our product is parametric. The way it works is we pre-agree with the customer on what their coverage per every hour of downtime is going to be. And then we monitor for downtime. So we're looking at every given point, how the cloud is performing and when it goes down we pay out to the customer very, very quickly based on those pre-agreed terms. I mean, how, how many cloud providers are there? How, how many providers are there out there that, that you are monitoring? So there's three main cloud providers. Uh, you have Amazon, uh, which uh, if you've heard of uh, AWS or Amazon Web Services, that's their cloud service. And then you have Microsoft's Azure, uh, where Azure is their cloud as well or you have Google's cloud platform or GCP for short. Those are the main three and they actually take up the majority of the market. And so those are the ones that we focus on today and we ensure. And how, how do you calculate the, the premium? Because we've already discussed the fact that the existing insurers were cautious about this type of insurance because they didn't have the data mm -hmm. but this is this is a new technology so the, there is no data there is no historic data so I, I i get that you are getting kind of absorbing a vast amount of current data but that doesn't necessarily help you when pricing a, a so for example you may have been getting data over the last kind of two years but that might not be representative of downtime risks in the next two years, for example. So how do you get it so that the, the premium, the pricing of the premium is accurate? Right. So actually there is historical data uh, that we have and that we've collected and our data dates back eight years back. Granted, that isn't as many years as most insurance products have existed, but it is a, a good duration of time in order to calculate this risk. And also the amount of data that we have is really astronomical. And then in addition to uh, the history that we've seen so far, we've actually added multiple other incidents that uh, haven't happened yet. So we've onloaded onto the historical events, potential events that haven't happened, but that we do think can happen in the future at some percentage. So we are taking... Uh, you know, a bit of a buffer here, given that, you know, the cloud is relatively new. And we've hired in-house actuarial team, where they take a look at the data that we have, analyze the risk, talk with our cloud experts that are also a team that we have in-house. And uh, together, they've been able to create the pricing models for this. And, and does the policy cover any form of downtime, no matter how caused, or, or are, there, are there types of downtime that might not be covered? So uh, there are very, very few exclusions. For example, an exclusion of war, 
or, uh, you know, Amazon uh, going bankrupt and shutting down all of their data centers all of a sudden. But in general, almost any reason for downtime is covered, and especially those that we haven't seen in other types of uh, insurance. For example, it can be due to weather because this risk is uh, generally uncorrelated with weather. It can be due to cyber because this risk is actually generally uncorrelated to cyber as well. So, and actually what we've seen is that generally most outages are due to human error. So either, you know, a bad software deployment that brings down the data centers until it's fixed, or for example, increase in traffic that wasn't tested accurately in the development environment and, uh, you know, similar things to that where it's actually related to humans, you know, creating bad software and, uh, and leading to outages. And, and presumably, because this is a, a, a new area, one would expect any causes of outages in the past will be put right by the cloud service providers and therefore, at least in theory, the risk of outage should reduce going forwards. In theory, yes. I'd say what is happening with the cloud is that it's being developed very quickly. And so the services that exist and the data centers that exist, I'd say in theory, uh, are getting more stable over time. But there are new services that are being released and new data centers that are being built that haven't had that duration to build stability. And so I'd say in theory, yes, but because the cloud is is adapting so fast and so many companies are moving to the cloud and we're seeing huge amounts of traffic moved on the cloud every day, I don't think this risk is going away anytime soon. And and when did you go to, I mean, we talked about Lloyd's Lab and how you turned the idea, the, the, the insurance side of it in, into a reality. Um, but Lloyd's Lab, I think you mentioned, was, was partly about getting capital as well. And, and that, that was obviously successful. But how did those sorts of conversations go? Do potential investors come to you or do you have to go to potential investors? All right. So on the one hand, there's, there's the insurance side, which absolutely the Lloyd's Lab helped greatly with. And uh, I think that is all about proving that you have an X factor that the insurance players will want to be a part of. And that X factor for us was the technology and the data that we developed and the models that we were able to prove. And we went through a very long due diligence process in in order uh, to prove that and, and to showcase our technology and data. And so that I'd say is on the insurance side. And then on the VC side, the venture capital side, I'd say it's also a lot about the technology and the data, and it's also about the team. So a good venture capital will invest in founders that they believe in because uh, a lot of great people have great ideas, but it's all about the execution. And that really boils down to the team and, and the founding members. And if, if uh, the VC believes that the team and the founding members have the ability to execute, then that is where they'll invest their money. Do you remember the first policy being sold? That must be, as, as a founder of a startup, kind of creating an insurance product, having someone buy your product must be a great moment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it, it, it was definitely a, a very happy moment for us. 
I think we we knew that uh, we weren't going to have a problem selling because the challenge with this product wasn't the demand. There was a lot of demand in the market for this product. The product just didn't exist. And so I think really the, the first hurdle we had to overcome was to create the product because uh, as you know, you probably know better than anyone, insurance is a highly regulated industry. And so there's a lot of hurdles uh, regulation, licensing, things that you have to get in place before you can uh, actually sell insurance legally. And when you were growing up and you sort of in your teenage years, did you ever at any stage think, I know what I want to be? I want to be an insurer. <laughs> not, I, Insurer was not something that I uh, said, um, but entrepreneur and founder, yes. Because I think for me, I would be able to work in any industry. And so it's not necessarily the industry that sparks my interest. It's it's creating something. And so I don't think there was any industry that, you know, growing up, I said, this is what I want to be in. It was really more about the, the entrepreneurship. What was mm-hmm. the plan for parametrics? What, what have you got next? <laughs> well, there's uh, there's definitely a lot going on. We have uh, new technological developments, new products that we're launching, um, new partnerships that we have going on, and you know we're just so many new opportunities. And it's all about taking the right opportunity. And I, I can't believe really how lucky we've been. And so, really, what's new for Parametrics is other markets, other products, and great partnerships that we have lined up. You say it's luck, but it's it's a combination of, there's always a little bit of luck, but it's a combination of a great idea and hard work and a little bit of genius as well, is it not? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, finally, Netta, based on your experience so far, um, what what's the, the the key bit of advice that you would give to any other entrepreneurs who are thinking of dipping their toes into the insurance sea? I think that it's an amazing industry, um, and I, I highly recommend it. So the biggest advice I can give is just just do it. You know, don't leave your idea as an idea and execute on it. Nessa, that was absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. RPC Radio. Thank you so much for listening to Insurance Covered, which is an RPC production made possible by Joe Burgess and Mary Mitchell. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will also love our other podcasts, Taxing Matters and Money Covered, plus The Fix, which is co-hosted by my colleague Kelly Thompson. If you want to be a guest on Insurance Covered, please email me at peter.mansfield at rpc.co.uk. Thank you, and I hope you have a great day.